Let us turn in our Bibles now to the Gospel according to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we'll read the first 18 verses of this passage of Scripture. John 10, beginning at verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. And said Jesus unto them again, and now Christ explains the parable, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. We read the word of God thus far. May God bless unto us the reading of his word. And now we direct our attention especially to verse 11. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, this chapter in Scripture emphasizes clearly for us not only that Jesus Christ is our shepherd, but that the Lord Jesus Christ is our good shepherd, our good shepherd. And everything 
that he does, as that is recorded here in John chapter 10, emphasizes that he is our good shepherd. Verse 3, he is our good shepherd because he calls his sheep by name and he causes us to hear his voice and we recognize his voice and by recognizing his voice to us we recognize and acknowledge him as our shepherd he causes that to be real for us verse 4 he is our good shepherd because he leads us his sheep into green pastures he leads and we follow and he causes us to follow him and we feed in those good pastures as Psalm 23 even expresses the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he leadeth me into green pastures and beside still waters he restoreth my soul and then verse 7 he is the door for the sheep we are through him able to enter the kingdom he is the one who causes us to enter the kingdom through him and only through him he is the door he is the way he is the truth he is the life for us in the kingdom of heaven and then verse 14 he knows his sheep he knows all whom the father has eternally given to him he knows them in distinction from the goats in the world and he loves them and he causes them also to know him he is our good shepherd but the outstanding proof beloved that he is our good shepherd is found in the words of our text and this proves beyond all doubt that he is the good shepherd he is that because he giveth his life for his sheep he giveth his life for his sheep he laid down his life for the sheep he laid down the life his life for us so that we might be rescued from death through him and that point is emphasized here by its repetition too not only in our text verse 11 but also in verse 15 again in verse 17 and again in verse 18 this is what he did he laid down his life and that demonstrates and proves more than anything else does that Jesus Christ is our good shepherd and it's that beloved that we are reminded of this morning through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper added to the preaching of the gospel is the picture of Christ giving his life of Christ laying down his life for the sheep and not merely a reminder and not merely a picture but also a means of grace that God provides for the strengthening of our faith in Jesus Christ let's consider then our good shepherd laying down his life 
a good shepherd laying down his life. Notice two things, what he did and why he did it. The text and this passage gives us an earthly analogy. And it's the analogy of a good shepherd with his earthly sheep. And a good shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep that are under his care. If the sheep that are under his care are attacked by an enemy, if a wolf or a lion or a bear attacks those sheep, then a good shepherd gets in between those animals and the sheep. And he is willing to sacrifice his life for the sheep. He is willing to substitute his own life in order to save their life. The wolf and the lion and the bear will still attack, but now they will attack the shepherd instead of attacking the sheep. Because the shepherd protects his sheep. He rescues them. He saves them at the expense of his own life. And that stands in contrast, as the chapter points out, in contrast to a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd is represented here and referred to here in verses 12 and 13 as an hireling. Now a hireling is a hired man. Someone who is paid to watch the sheep. And the sheep don't belong to him. The sheep are not of any personal value to him. They are not his personal sheep. They are not sheep that he loves personally. And because he's not personally attached to those sheep, he doesn't care for them very well. He's not concerned for them, but as an hireling, he is simply concerned for himself, first of all. Concerned that he will earn his salary by caring for the sheep, and concerned that his own life is safe, so that if the enemy attacks the sheep while they are under the supervision of an hireling, then he doesn't put his life in danger for the sake of the sheep. But he flees. He cares only for himself. He's not willing to die for the sheep. And so the sheep under his care will suffer. He is a bad shepherd in contrast to the Lord Jesus Christ who is a good shepherd. And so Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, is not concerned, first of all, about himself. When it comes to his relationship to his sheep, his relationship to us, he says, I love my sheep. And each of them is personally precious and valuable to me so that when my sheep are in danger, I will always come in between them and the enemy that attacks them. I will protect 
I will defend and I will always rescue my sheep. He puts aside his personal desires. He puts aside his own person and is willing even to die for the sheep. If that's what he must do in order to defend and save and protect his sheep, he says, I will give my life. I will lay down my life for my sheep. Therein, beloved, is the gospel. Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done. He is our substitute. And he has made a substitutionary atonement for us. That's pictured for us in the Lord's Supper. A picture of him giving and even laying down his own life for the sheep, for us. When did he do that? He did that all of his life, but he did that especially on the cross. And there he did what a good shepherd does for his sheep. There on the cross, he put himself between his sheep and the enemy. The enemy threatened. The enemy came against the people of God. The enemy came against the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. The the enemy attacked God's people with the intention of killing and destroying them eternally. That enemy was Satan. And that enemy that came against the people of God was Satan as death was upon all of us on account of Satan dragging the people of God down into sin. And death with everything that follows death, namely hell, as the eternal punishment for our sin. And if the enemy had been able to get a hold of the sheep of Christ, the sheep that God had eternally given to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, if Satan had been able to get a hold of us, he would have dragged us down forever with him into the depths of the fires of hell. But Christ came. And Christ came between the enemy and us. And he let the enemy attack and kill him instead of us. He went to hell instead of us. He laid down his life. Every aspect of the work of Christ of doing that for us was not an easy but a very difficult work for him. For him to give his life and for him to lay down his life meant, first of all, he had to come from heaven and he had to come into this sin-cursed world and he had to live amongst sinners and in his life here upon this earth, He had to be the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and reproached of men. He had to be a man all his earthly life that was despised 
and rejected of men. He had to be one that suffered the shame of our sin all of his life. Hated and rejected on every side. For him to give and to lay down his life meant also that he had to die on the cross. He had to die the accursed death of the cross. That is the cross that represented the curse of God, the cross that represented being suspended between heaven and earth because everyone on earth said, get off the earth, you don't belong here. And heaven said, you may not come to heaven either. Accursed of God, suspended between heaven and earth, which can only mean one other place, namely hell. Being put to death, having his body broken and his blood shed on the cross. And all men standing around mocking and laughing and ridiculing him as he died his death on the cross. And suffered there not simply at the hands of men, but God his Father brought the curse upon him. It was not easy for him because in order to give his life, he had to be punished fully for our sin in our place. God placing, when he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, God placing upon Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, all of our sins and all of the guilt of our sins and all of the punishment that our sins deserved. And then God, from that day forward, through all of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth for some 33 years, and then especially on the cross, pouring out upon him the fury of his eternal and holy wrath against our sin, all upon the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, sending him into the pit of corruption, causing him to experience that lake of fire, pushing him down into the bottomless pit, and drawing out of him that weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what it meant for him to lay down his life for us. And he needed to do that willingly. If he did not do it willingly, then there would be no value. It wouldn't count. It wouldn't say. And that's the language of our text too. He did it willingly. The good shepherd himself gives his own life. The good shepherd is not one whose life is taken away from him by others, but the good shepherd is one who gives his life. He lays down his own life. And that's emphasized later in the chapter of what we read in verses 17 and 18. No man take, taketh my life from me, he said. 
but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And so with the almighty power he had as the Son of God, he came into this world with that as his purpose. I will lay down my life for my sheep. How good is Jesus Christ, our shepherd. We have no shepherd like him. There is no one else who is able and willing to do what he did. There is no one else who would or could do what he did. Even your best friend would not do for you what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Even the person in your life that loves you the most would not do for you what the Lord Jesus Christ did. And even if that person would, it wouldn't do you any good. The Son of God is our only good shepherd. The only one who could and the only one who did give his life for us, his sheep. And why did he do this? Why did he willingly do this? Why did he willingly come from heaven and suffer? Why did he willingly come from heaven to be despised and rejected? Why did he willingly come from heaven and die the accursed death on the cross? Well, first of all, he did that because we are, as the text mentions, sheep. And a sheep is a defenseless creature. A sheep is unable to defend itself from its enemies. We are unable to defend ourselves from our chief enemy, Satan. And we are unable to defend ourselves from the torments of hell that our sins deserve and to which Satan would gladly lead us. And we are unable to defend ourselves and save ourselves from the eternal wrath of God that our sins deserve. We are helpless sheep. Christ willingly gave and laid down his life for us because we are sheep. Secondly, he did this because we are his sheep. His sheep. Given to him by the Father from all eternity. Chosen by God in eternity to be the sheep. As those who would belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And given to Christ so that he would redeem these sheep. 
his sheep. But most significantly, he did this because as our good shepherd, he loves us, his sheep. He loves all those whom the Father gave to him from eternity in the decree of election. He loves them with a mighty love. He loves them with an eternal love. He loves them with an unchanging love. And he loves them with a giving love. And he loves the sheep doesn't love all men he doesn't love the goats in the world he loves only the sheep his love is particular which makes his love special if the love of our Lord Jesus Christ was a love for all men then we would say well what's so special about his love for us then he loves everyone there's nothing special if he loves me He loves people that end up going to hell. So what sort of love is that? Powerless. Useless. No, his love is for his sheep and for them alone. And it is that love of the Son of God that moved him and that compelled him to give his life for his sheep. Galatians 2 verse 20, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 1 John 3, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. John 15, verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He loved us. He loved us, though we do not deserve that love. What have you done? And what have I done ever in our lifetime? to deserve the love of Christ. What have you done or what have I done in all our lifetime to deserve the Son of God coming down to this earth and laying down His life for us? Nothing. We've done everything to make it so that we do not deserve his love we've done everything to make it so that we do not deserve him to this to do this greatest of all sacrifices of love namely laying down his life giving himself to the cursed death of the cross for us because we've sinned and sinned again and again but still he loved us and still he took your place and mine before the eternal fury of wrath that we deserve for our sin 
and he died instead of us. And he went to hell instead of us. That because in love his purpose was to save his sheep. And he did that. And that salvation of his sheep is a most wonderful and rich and blessed salvation. In a little while we will read the form for the administration of the Lord's Supper. And there's always that one section in the form that is a very moving section concerning the suffering of Christ and the substitutionary suffering that he endured. This section of the form at the top of page 93, where he was bound that we might be freed from our sins. He afterwards suffered innumerable reproaches that we might never be confounded. He was innocently condemned to death that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. He suffered his blessed body to be nailed on the cross that he might fix thereon the handwriting of our sins and hath also taken upon himself the curse due to us that he might fill us with his blessings and hath humbled himself unto the deepest reproach and pains of hell both in body and soul on the tree of the cross when he cried out with a loud voice my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? that we might be accepted of God and never forsaken of him. That's the salvation we have and enjoy by faith in Jesus Christ. He was all of his life as he gave his life for us. He was a man of sorrow. He never had in his life on this earth pure joy. It's very well possible that during all of his earthly life, our Lord Jesus Christ never smiled. But that was what he did so that we might have joy, so that our sorrow and sighing shall flee away and we might obtain eternal joy and gladness in our souls. He was beaten with many stripes so that his back was bleeding from the stripes that were laid upon him and he was unable to carry the cross. Heavy hands came upon him and slapped him and hit him and abused him but because he was we do not receive what all of that represented namely the heavy stripes that the hand of God should bring upon us for our sin they were brought upon Christ instead he was crucified crucified on the cross, the accursed death, the death that spoke of the fact, as we mentioned earlier, that there was no place for him on this earth, 
and no place for him in heaven either. But because he was, we will never be accursed of God. And there is room in heaven for us. And he was forsaken by his father. He was driven away from God's presence and driven away from the favor and the experience of the fellowship of God, his father. But because he was, we will never be forsaken by God. Never. But instead drawn into the blessed, eternal fellowship of God's covenant forever and forever. We need him and all that he has done for us as our good shepherd. And maybe you wonder sometimes when you realize how great your sins are and how often you commit your sins again and again. You wonder if it's even possible for your sins to have been covered and paid for and forgiven by the death of Christ. Perhaps every believer wonders that sometimes. And then we must remember that the words of the text apply to all the sheep of Christ. Not just some of them, but all of them. And we all have Jesus Christ as our good shepherd who gave his life and laid down his life for all of his sheep so that the scripture declares there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation to anyone who has Jesus Christ as their good shepherd. And so may the Lord strengthen us by his word and then also as we partake of the Lord's Supper, strengthening our faith in the assurance that we have had all of our sins completely covered by Jesus Christ, our good shepherd who gave his life for us. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give thanks. Thou hast given us what we need for our salvation. Thy Son, our Savior, our shepherd who laid down his life for us. Bless us and strengthen our faith and trust in him. And by thy spirit apply thy word so we are assured that we are indeed forgiven all of our sins because Christ has done a complete work of salvation for us in laying down his life to pay completely for all our sins. In his blessed name we pray. Amen. Let us now turn in the back of the Psalter to the form for the administration of the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> 